Morning Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty Podcast. I'm one of the hosts here, Charles Not Stuck, Too Tall Chuck Thompson. With me, as always, the one who knows just about everything there is to know, but not everything, Mr. Mm -hmm. Nathaniel Paul Thurston. How's it going today, Charles? He has manipulated his way into looking taller, Mm -hmm. more handsome, happier, You look so short on the live stream compared to me right now. I do. I I like it. That's fine. It's fine nowadays. I'm a fan. And then on the new podcast photo, if you want to catfish our audience, that's fine. (laughs) They'll be so surprised when we meet in person. You're you're a pretty tall guy, not six eight, but you're a pretty tall guy. It's not like you're short. Yeah. Go check out our picture with uh, Brad Palumbo, by the way. He was much taller than I expected him to be. He was. I don't know why you ever expect. A certain height out of people. He was in between, uh, I think, what is he, like 6'4", 6'5"? Yeah, 6'4", 6'5", something like that. that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm impressed. Good job, Brad. We are getting together the basketball team of Libertarian folks, (laughs) okay? so I think he's more of a, I think he, it looks like he likes soccer. I just read one of his things today, so. Oh, football. I'm I'm not going to play football, no. Football. Sorry, I know I offended all of your Italian comrades out there. Okay, Exactly. so today we're going to be talking about a few different things. we got a local story, but I'm betting you this is going to happen around the country. Uh, Nashville offering extra sick leave for teachers if they are vaccinated. Hang on, this is important. I, yeah. I missed this comment from Trickle D. Okay. She said she was watching How to Become a Tyrant, and Stalin did the same thing with Lenin. <laughs> he photoshopped himself to be slightly bigger and higher than Lenin. Yeah. And, uh, and then he killed him. <laughs> yeah. So... Step one complete. I better watch out. <laughs> We're almost there. You guys are all the witnesses here. You guys, all right, watch out for me. Okay. Now I'm fearing for my tyrannical reign to end over Good Morning Liberty. <laughs> On top of the vaccinated teachers thing, we'll also be mentioning this story about Rand Paul and Schmeiber Schmechten. We already talked a lot about it in the last episode, just a little bit more craziness. And of course, in neither one of these stories are we saying to not get vaccinated and to take ivermectin or vice versa, because we're not medical professionals. And if you're getting your medical advice from a podcast that features non-medical professionals, it's probably not the uh, the actual right place. We'll, we're just going to talk about how to talk about things and how to think about things. That's it. Uh, AOC um, wants to replace Jerome Powell as the Fed chair, and we'll be talking about why she wants to do that, because it's awesome. The SEC is coming out with some rules meant to help the little people that's going to destroy the little people that are trying to trade right now. So that's also awesome. And I don't know that we'll get into these other stories. There's a crazy story from the Washington Post about this uh, person who was pulled over and the civil asset forfeiture total for that person was $87,000 that they're trying Mm. to get back right now, not charged with any crimes Mm -mm -mm. whatsoever. And uh, then a little, I mean, I have another story in here about eviction moratorium. So I don't know what we'll actually get to because we have kind of a hard stop today, but Charles, why don't you go ahead with this here first article about Nashville? When you started the intro to this, I just read the headline. That was the first time I read it. And I went. Which one? Oh, yeah. The very first one. Yeah. This is coming from the Tennessee, and this is local here. Nashville to offer teachers COVID-19 sick leave, but only for those vaccinated. Yeah. And I felt kind of like a dog. I was like, huh? Yeah. You You know how you turn your head like to the side and you're trying to figure out. What the hell that means? We're in a world where you get 
you get extra sick leave if you come down with the thing that you got vaccinated against. Which proves the whole incentive point we talk about all the time with yeah. the free market, okay? That they're trying to incentivize teachers to get vaccinated so they can leave more. A Tennessee <laughs> school district is offering additional paid sick days to incentivize teachers. Access it right there. To incentivize teachers to get vaccinated against COVID-19. As COVID, it's like, well, how am I going to get sick and leave then? <laughs> As COVID-19 cases spread among students, teachers, and staff, Metro Nashville Public Schools, the state's second largest school district, with more than 6,000 teachers, is providing paid sick leave to employees unable to work because of COVID-19, but only if they have been vaccinated. Which, by the way, you can still get COVID if you've been vaccinated. Mm -hmm. Point in case, moi. And you can get it if you haven't been vaccinated. Yes. And, and obviously... Our evidence between the two of us is that you came out on the better end of this whole thing because was, you have been vaccinated yeah, or you have a better immune system or you'd already had it previously. Probably statistically, we're seeing that if you're vaccinated, it's not it's not as bad. We're, yeah. we're definitely seeing those statistics. Well, and then when, when you look at hospitalizations, I mean, it's, yeah. it's yeah. mainly unvaccinated. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. most Metro school teachers start with 10 days of paid sick time a year. The district is paying for the additional sick leave with federal coronavirus relief money. Director of schools, Adrian Battle, quote, this should ensure that staff are working when possible, but also being mindful that there are breakthrough cases that lead to serious illness and want to be accommodating to that reality. However, if you have chosen not to get the vaccine, we don't care about you. Yeah. <laughs> if you... That's, that's what it sounds like. If you have chosen not to get the vaccine to significantly reduce the chances of illness from COVID, then it is not the responsibility of the district to financially compensate you for that decision. So what they're saying is, is if you made a choice that would lead to a greater possibility that you would need to take sick leave, then we're not going to give you that sick leave. Mm -hmm. And that's really why I wanted to put this article in here, because... Uh, we're really, we are really picking one thing here. And I feel like the district could, could take this statement here that it's not the responsibility of the district to financially compensate you for all sorts of things mm -hmm. when it comes to teachers. A lot of okay? stuff. Now don't, don't get me wrong. I got a soft spot in my heart for teachers. I know you do mm -hmm. considering your mom is a teacher. Um, I think teachers have very difficult jobs. I would not want to be one. So congratulations and, and kudos to all of you who can put up with kids. Uh, one's enough for me right yeah. now. Yeah. Um, and I, I I would struggle trying to reason with them, I think, you know. The kids or the teachers? The kids. Okay. And then also being in that job that's, you know, a lot of government and I don't know. It's a, it's a lot. It's a lot. Mm -hmm. Okay. But... Teachers, one of the one of the problems we have with public education is that teachers pretty much get away with it. Once you make tenure, you can almost do whatever you want and not get fired. Which really goes across for almost all government employees. Exactly. Yeah. So employees will have to provide medical documentation that they are unable to work remotely because of their illness and also must provide proof, quote, that he, she, I don't know why they're gendering teachers here. Why didn't they list out every gender? That he, she has received at least one dose of the COVID-19 vaccine prior to isolation or quarantine, or the employee provides documentation from a board certified medical provider that the employee was ineligible to be vaccinated according to the policy the one dose thing is really important too because obviously so this is all about getting you to decide to get the vaccine yeah and you could go get one dose and qualify for the for the extra 
paid leave if mm -hmm. you want to. And we know that one dose gives you a little bit of protection, but not near as much as two doses. And it's so it's not. And it seems like you're going to need three doses. Yeah. And so, yeah, exactly. And probably four. After a few months, you're going to need some more. And then we're going to, this is. It'll uh, be once a year like the flu. Why didn't we buy some Pfizer at the beginning of this and just hold it the whole time? <laughs> well, Moderna is the one that skyrocketed. Yeah, but. they did. Uh, so my main issue with this is, listen, a lot of private businesses are doing the same thing, by the way. Uh, people, uh, I can't remember what airline it is, but they're charging people, uh, employees extra money for their, uh, they're charging employees extra money if they don't get vaccinated. And there's some arguments for this. If you're doing something that could create more of an insurance risk. Like the other day I was talking to my wife and she was saying, well, I saw a story that insurance companies are charging people more if they haven't been vaccinated. And I was like, you know, from an insurance standpoint, that makes sense. Honestly, insurance is to insure risk. And if you are at a higher risk of something, then they should do that. And that that is what insurance is supposed to be for. This offering to pay people like Chris more, Rock said, in case shit happens. Yeah, it is that that insurance should be called in case shit. He was he was very right about mm -hmm. that. Uh, the issue I have here is this whole idea that if you chose not to get the vaccine, then it's not the responsibility of the district. And they're not going to apply that to everything. And so I'm not I'm not saying they should, but there are quite a lot of health issues that people have that they could have taken. Uh, they could have made a different decision in their lives or they could constantly make different decisions every single day. And they could be at a lower risk of using the paid sick leave from from the school. And so if the if the actual principle of the matter is if you have decided to do something that increases your risk of taking paid sick leave, uh, then we're not going to pay for it. W why are you picking one thing? That's right. what I want to know. Let's do this across the board. Let's do it for everything. Also the one shot thing reminded me um my dad got COVID while I was in Italy. I don't know if I told you that. I didn't tell you that. No, you didn't tell me that. <coughs> I also you, didn't tell you that either. You didn't tell me that. I forgot to have you tell me that. Yeah. 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 You forgot to ask if I told you about that. Mm. Did no, you tell he, me about it? So, uh, and my dad, so it reminds me of the one shot thing because uh, I, I'm not, I won't do my whole dad's medical history, but let's just say <laughs> my dad's not in the greatest shape medically. Yeah. Um, Let's say, well, you call them co uh, comorbidities <laughs> if you want, if you want to. Um, he definitely couldn't run away from anybody who had COVID. That's, that's real because he doesn't have any legs. I call him Lieutenant Dad. He saved him my phone. Uh. I literally, when I, when you know, you push to talk, I'm like, call Lieutenant Dad. <laughs> and it's like, calling Lieutenant Dad. Um, anyway, so he's, he has some other comorbidities, which obviously have, have proven to be more dangerous if you get COVID. Um, and so he went to the hospital. He was there for two days and then discharged. He had one shot. He hasn't had both shots yet. He had one shot and they treated him with uh, remdesivir. Mm, okay. And uh, that's good. Yeah. And he's, he's fine. Yeah. He, I he basically recovered like at the same rate I did. I, unfortunately, we have another story from a, a close friend that uh, their family member has a breakthrough case and uh, unfortunately is not likely to to mm. make it through it. And um, and so th they're vaccinated and vaccinated. Yeah. It's wow. Yeah. Yeah. So um, uh, 
listen, there's there's different anecdotes all over the place. <laughs> there's yeah. a lot of different evidence all over the place, okay? I just, I want people, when they set a principle out, like Amanda said earlier, like they drop the whole don't charge extra for pre-existing conditions thing pretty quickly. You know, that's a that's pretty quick. But I guess being a Trump supporter is a pre-existing condition, and that's a that's one that you can yep. charge for, I guess. Yep. That's okay. And then I just had a friend pass away uh, yesterday. Yeah, you talked about it on Monday, actually. Yeah, he's 33, healthy, 33-year-old, relatively healthy. Um, and, you know, him and his wife got sick at the same time, and she got better, and he just got worse, and ended up having a couple strokes and mm. didn't make it. Yeah. So it's, you know, it, it COVID is a very interesting thing because there's really, they we haven't figured out why some people, it, it basically brings about their demise and other people can be completely asymptomatic, not mm-hmm. even feel a thing like nothing ever happened. And then they're fine. It's very, very interesting that this specific disease is targeting people like that. It's um, yeah. It, and what's important to realize is that uh, it could, you know, it could have gone poorly for me. It could have gone poorly for you. We don't know. I, I know that that could have happened. I was laying there thinking, man, should I have gotten vaccinated? I'd feel a lot better. And our podcast group wouldn't have to wait so so long for us to do any episodes or anything. That was the main thing I was could worried about. Could have done about. some more trading. More trading. Yeah, all that going on. Mm-hmm. I missed a lot of trading while that was going on. And so was it a good financial decision? I don't know. You know, I could have spent more time doing trading. But um, it's we all know that there is a risk and people should be allowed to take that risk if they want to. I, I took the risk and it worked out well as far as we know, for me. And, uh, you know, you didn't take any risk. You kind of chickened out like a little bee <laughs> and uh, and got it. And, and it worked out well for you, too. Yeah. So going a- along these lines, so we spoke a little bit about uh, Schmeiber Schmechten out there. and um, Oh, the basketball player. Yes. Yeah. Allen Iverson's Mechton. We've been talking about that for <laughs> for a little bit. And uh, this story from CNN, they were talking about how... Ram- sounds so dirty. I know. <laughs> Iverson's Mecton. Yeah. Anytime you anytime you put that in front of yeah, <laughs> that's just how it is. Uh, they're talking about how Rand Paul has this crazy theory about Ivermectin. And once again, I'll say, I'm not saying that you should go take Ivermectin. I have no clue. I want to I want to see some better, some more studies on it, some controlled studies on it. And I think that that should be done. And that's, in fact, what Rand Paul is out there saying. I watch some of the clips and I see people talking online about how Rand Paul, Dr. Rand Paul is out there recommending that people take it. What he was, in fact, saying is that we need to have some legit studies done that we're controlled, that we can when we get done with the study, we can say uh, that we know whether or not th- there's any efficacy for for uh, ivermectin. And that's what he was saying out there. And the reason that he's giving for why we won't do those studies is because people are so politically divided right now that since people on the right have jumped towards ivermectin being the cure, that they're refusing to do any any studies that people will deem relevant. There's been a lot of studies done, but we've decided that those have no relevance whatsoever for for different reasons. Just insane. So uh, Rand Paul is by training a doctor of ophthalmology, which has to do with eyes, not infectious disease. We are reading from this author right here. That fact hasn't stopped Paul from repeatedly challenging Dr. Anthony Fauci, the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, 
in congressional hearings or from openly questioning the efficacy of mask wearing or raising questions about the COVID-19 vaccine. Now I emphasize because you can't. Yeah, I emphasized some of those words in that paragraph. Their thing that they don't like about Paul in that paragraph is that he is openly questioning things. He openly questioned the efficacy of mask wearing. Questions are bad. And he raised questions about the COVID-19 vaccine. He himself is vaccinated and also had COVID. And so he's obviously not out there telling people that it's dangerous or that they should not take it at all. He's questioning things, which is something that you're not allowed to do, apparently, when it comes to anything going on, right? You can't question things. Whatever the main narrative is, that's what you have to go with. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, then you're going to get smears written against you because you ask questions about stuff. And you challenged the great Dr. Fauci out there. So his newest thing is he's insisting that ivermectin, and props to them for how they described it, a drug used in rare instances in humans to treat maladies, including intestinal parasites and head lice. Which isn't true, by the way, because there's about three to 400,000 prescriptions written in the United States. So yes. that is relatively rare in the United States. But there's millions, Two, about 200 million people prescriptions that take it. around the world. That's yeah. not that rare. That's that's not super rare. No, no, it's a it's a very widely used drug. So that was an annoying part. So what what Paul said was the hatred for Trump deranged these people so much that they're unwilling to objectively study it. Paul to the group in Kentucky. So someone like me that's in the middle. I can't tell you because they will not study ivermectin. He said in his quote right there. I can't tell you whether or not it's something that works for COVID because they won't study it. They will not study hydroxychloroquine without the taint of their hatred for Donald Trump. Much like they won't study cannabis because it's illegal to. <laughs> yeah, you just so, can't do it. Right. Yeah. Um, ivermectin has drawn national headlines of late because some elected officials, as well as some anchors on Fox News, have pushed it as a possible way to lessen the effects and severity of COVID. This misinformation has led to a surge in people trying... So they pushed it as a possible way to lessen the effects. But that is information... It's misinformation that it's a possible way to lessen the effects, which, by the way, when you say possible, you're not saying that it for sure is. You're saying that it's possible right. that it is. That's, it's in the word right there. Has led to a surge in people trying to get their hands on the drug. The CDC sent a health advisory Thursday warning doctors and, and the public about the rapid increase in prescriptions for the anti-parasitic drug. Why did supporters become convinced that contra science, ivermectin, is an effective treatment for COVID-19? They got that from a study that has now been debunked. And here's how they debunked that study. There were 14 They have studies. to find a way to gaslight yeah, they have everyone. To. They have to. Uh, there were 14 studies involving this that produced zero evidence that the drug is an effective means of treating COVID-19 as the study's authors wrote. Now, they say zero evidence because they've decided that these studies are not valid. The studies themselves themselves produced evidence saying that it was uh, that it was something that would work against COVID, but they decided that none of those studies are relevant. Well, it lacks some of the scientific processes it, like it controlled variables, etc. Yes, and th that is true. That's why I was saying on Monday that I, I would love to see some actual controlled studies on this. Mm. A quote from the study's authors right here, based on the current 
very low to low certainty evidence. We are uncertain about the efficacy and safety of ivermectin used to treat or prevent COVID-19. The completed studies are small and few are considered high quality. Several studies are underway that may produce clearer answers in review updates. Overall, the reliable evidence available does not support the use of ivermectin for treatment or prevention of COVID-19 outside of well-designed randomized trials. Okay. And so what they're deciding is that the, the trials, the studies were too small and that they also weren't controlled studies. And so they said, we can't, we can't recommend it based on the low certainty evidence that we have. We need better evidence. Which is nice. That's, that, that's, that's so nice to admit. Be like, hey, we just don't know enough. Yeah. And now they, they do this weird switch here at the end. Remember, he was saying, uh, well, I'll just read this. said, so there were 14 studies into the efficacy of ivermectin to treat the coronavirus, which doesn't seem like, as Paul has contended, no one is willing to do studies on the drug because they hate Donald Trump. Now, in one light, they're saying that the studies weren't valid. And, and produced zero and, evidence. And they produced zero evidence because they weren't big enough and they weren't controlled. And we haven't done any real scientific studies. And in the last paragraph, he says, well, there's been 14 studies into the efficacy of ivermectin. And so obviously what, what Paul is saying, that people won't do the proper studies, is, is incorrect. He, the paragraph before it said that they haven't done any proper studies so, into it. So it, I thought that that was kind of weird. You just got to look for that stuff when you're reading the news, yeah. okay? It's crazy. And you, uh, you found that in the, uh, the library in, in contradiction. Right there in the contra, right there under in C. The contradictionary. Mm, the contradictionary. <laughs> How about that? Yeah. That's good stuff. So anyway, I just want to point out some journalistic malfeasances right there. Mm -hmm. And uh, also, I am behind what Dr. Paul is saying that we need to do some whatever they require for a study. Let's do the study. Study Let's see. anything. And so his point was they won't do it yeah. because of the political divide yeah. on the issue. That's all, that's all he was saying. I don't I don't care if, you know, your crystals and eucalyptus oil helps <laughs> or whatever. Do the study. Yeah. Figure it out. Maybe toothpaste uh, or something. I don't know. Who who knows? Toothpaste. To try it. Right? Shouldn't you be allowed to to do a study on something? Like ask questions? That's my biggest problem. And this has been my biggest problem for the longest time is you are not allowed to ask questions. And when you do, you're, they gaslight you, mm -hmm. tell you how crazy you are. And this all been debunked and how dare you question the science, which you, you conspiracy si theorists, which science is questioning, by the way, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it, it just, it literally blows my mind. How dare you for believing that this could have leaked from a lab and it turns out, well, maybe it did. We don't know yet. Still the jury's out on that one. Like the fact that you can't question anything, you should break up with that person. <laughs> yeah, you should. Get, you should leave that relationship. We should get rid that of that. That is a dangerous relationship. We are in an abusive relationship <laughs> with the government right we now. We are. That's what it is. That's emotional abuse. Tried, right. tried and true. All right. For Market Watch, AOC and other progressives called to replace Powell as Fed chair, which I wish I was hoping they would just call to replace the Fed with nothing. Mm hmm. That would be nicer, but a group of progressive House Democrats, is this the, the Fab Four or whatever? The, it's the uh, squad. The, the squad, uh, including AOC uh, on Monday, called for President Joe Biden to replace Fed Chairman Jerome Powell when his term expires in February. 
In a joint statement first reported by Politico, the lawmakers urged Biden to reimagine a Federal Reserve focused on eliminating climate risk and advancing racial and economic justice. <laughs> While acknowledging, quote, positive changes under Powell on efforts to reach full employment, the legislators said, quote, they just, I just can't believe this is real. To move forward with a whole-of-government approach that eliminates climate risk while making our financial system safer, we need a chair who is committed to these objectives. We urge the Biden administration to use this opportunity to appoint a new Federal Reserve chair. Under his leadership, the Federal Reserve has taken very little action to mitigate the risk climate change poses to our financial system, they said of Powell. At a time when the inter, uh, Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change is warning of the potential catastrophic and irreversible damage inflicted by a changing climate, we need a leader at the helm that will take bold and decisive action to eliminate climate risk. We need to eliminate climate risk. We need all of these PhDs in economics to focus their shift, to shift their focus to be a meteorologist and I was, climate scientist. I was trying to do an ECG on my Apple Watch while you were reading that, and it says it couldn't do it because my heart rate average was 147. <laughs> it really does skyrocket. Just so you know. This. Yeah. It really does get heated. Wow. So this show is killing you. That's true. You know, you've only you've got a certain amount of heartbeats you're going to have in your life. You know, and, and they're ticking away quicker and quicker. This really makes it go faster. No, they're arguing that uh, literally. I know it's always kind of been, but literally, we need to make the Federal Reserve a political arm of the an, an actual political arm with political goals and and socioeconomic goals of. of they're already happy that they've been working for reaching full employment. But now we got to go further because we have to eliminate climate risk because before we started putting greenhouse gases into the air, uh, there were no climate risks. Nothing bad ever happened before that. So mm -hmm. we got to get to the zero risk environment. And uh, they, the Fed also has to work on advancing racial and economic justice. They're not, they're not supposed to be a, a political body. I know that, we, that that's long gone that that idea left us somewhere around 1914 i'm pretty sure but what would they do this is literally these are the people who make money not like they make money off of uh profit for providing value like they literally create new money and so instead of relying on say congress or whoever the president is to advance these uh, these political goals uh you would go she's trying to go directly directly to the moneymaker right there. I don't want to worry about laws and executive orders. I want to go straight to the money printing machine mm -hmm. and make sure that that money only gets the, if we're going to buy corporate bonds, it only goes to uh, specific corporations that are doing the right thing for climate change. Or if we're going to print money, it's got to go in the specific places where I want it to go for these political agendas. And of course that's already happening, but uh, saying the quiet part out loud a little bit, it's I. I'm trying to imagine the Fed getting worse, and it was in that article. Yeah. Right there. Which I didn't even see coming. No. I mean, uh, props to them for thinking outside of the box Yeah, on ways to get their agenda passed. It's just, ooh, ooh Lord. Yeah. And, uh, well. I don't have a ticker on my ticker. Yeah. <laughs> we, I've been using it more because I've, I've had me, this. Let me do the old-fashioned test. Yeah. Hang on. I've had this heart arrhythmia thing going with my long COVID 
And uh, oh. I've been trying to see what my Apple Watch would say about that. It's actually pretty normal. That's impressive. Yeah. Maybe mm. this maybe this thing relaxes me. You get more relaxed I the get, more heated everything is. Because it fits my personality. Yeah. When I get amped up, I'm just when I'm amped up, my heart rate slows. Huh. That's impressive. Feels I don't have a clock or anything, but I'd probably say it's somewhere around seventy. It's I'm pretty jealous. good. Mine's only twice that much. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, uh, I know that we we have to stop at a certain time today, but you know, uh, Reagan and all of his faults, one of the things I love that he said was uh, the uh, the scariest words in the English language were, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. And don't worry, I know all of you traders out there taking your Wall Street bets, trades on Robin Hoods and Weebles and all that out there. The government knows that you were screwed over. It wasn't the fact that you bought GME at $250 a share. It was the fact that... Or $500. Or $500 a share. It wasn't that whatsoever, that you were risking money that you couldn't, that you, uh, couldn't afford to lose. Uh, it was actually because Robinhood is making money off of their payment for order, fl- order flow, the way that they do it. And, and the SEC is now talking about banning the, the actual way that Robinhood makes money. And by the way, they were the first commission-free broker to come out there. And the way that they do that, this is from Reuters, U.S., the SEC chair is uh, signaling a sweeping review of exchange and broker rules, and they are they said that banning payment for order flow is on the table. What this is, just so everyone knows, so um, when you put in an order on Robinhood, that doesn't just go like directly to the stock exchange to a computer right there. It goes to a market maker, and then they execute the order on the stock exchange. Now, there's conflicts of interest on that. For instance, if a bunch of orders come through on Robinhood, first off, it's not direct access, so you're going through someone else. The order is going to be a little bit slower. The other thing is when Citadel receives all of those orders, before they execute those orders, Citadel can grab a position in GME. And then they can execute all of your orders after that, and it can push the stock price up, and then they can sell it uh, later on for a pretty good profit. So they get a little bit, there's a little bit of a conflict of interest when the market maker themselves is actually taking trades as well. I understand that. But the reason that Robinhood was free is because those market makers pay Robinhood for every share that people buy. It's fractions of a penny that, that they're actually paying Robinhood. Well, Robinhood makes they, the spread. Yeah, it's basically the spread. I was uh, A I little was, bit of the spread. Yeah, so there's a bid and ask that we don't have to get into all of that, but imagine an auction and you are bidding on something at an auction and the uh, person who is auctioning off the thing is trying to get a higher price and you're trying to get a lower price. So what you are bidding for that and what the person is asking for it, there's going to be a difference in those two things. And well, and essentially, so I if on my Robinhood app, I buy one share of a stock for a dollar. Okay, so I'm I'm physically sending that to Robinhood. Basically, when I click buy, Robinhood saying this is a dollar. I send that over. Well, really, when Robinhood sends it over, in a way, to the to the market maker, the market maker can buy that share. Let's say for ninety nine cents. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's a one cent spread. the the mark the the, the market maker takes a little bit. And then Robinhood takes a little bit. That's how they make money. That's how they can do commission-free trading. They're yeah. not they're not charging you to go grab the specific shares off the market like you would if you had a direct access broker. What they're doing is they're is they're playing middleman for you and so they're taking a little little piece of that, maybe half a penny or probably fewer than that. But when you execute millions of trades, 
then that's how you make a lot of money. You also, so you'll typically get a little bit of a worse price, a little bit worse fill. So say you're trying to pay a dollar for something, you might get filled at a dollar one, so something like that. Mm. You might end up getting filled just a little bit later. And so in between what you're trying to pay and what you end up actually getting it for, there's a little bit of money that people are taking a cut out of. Now, this is how Robinhood was able to come out and have commission-free trading. And a lot of people who are just getting their feet wet just dipping their toes in the water a little bit with trading. They like the idea of a commission-free trading, for sure, because you might be trading, say, fractional shares, like a piece of a share. And that's something that Robinhood offers also. So it's really good for people entering into the market. And uh, I, I won't speculate on why people hate it so much. It probably has more to do with a lot of the bigger people who don't like the fact that so many retail people are coming into the market. But critics say it creates an incentive for brokers to send orders to whichever market maker pays them the highest fees, rather than the venue that might get the best deal for the customers, also known as best execution. And uh, let's see, are customers getting the best execution in the context of that conflict? Are broker-dealers incentivized to encourage customers to trade more frequently than than is in the customer's best interest? And so, of course, they're doing this to help you because they're worried that people are making too many trades because there's no commissions. Mm-hmm. That's that's what's actually happening. And this is all riding off the backs, by the way, of what happened with GameStop and AMC and all the Reddit, all the Wall Street bets stonks. The meme stonks. All the meme stonks that were out there. And people were so mad about Robinhood, uh, that, about Robinhood that they wanted Congress, they <laughs> want the SEC to do something about this. And so what the SEC Sorry, is... Sorry, man, there's gnats flying I know, I saw, I noticed that. So yeah. what the SEC is going to do to solve the problem is basically make it to where those new traders can't come into the market and trade. And well, they could, they, they just have to pay They can, they're just going to have to pay, pay commissions. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason they went to a commission-free broker. And so that's how Robin Robinhood makes all the... I think 80% of their money came from this uh, payment for order flow system. And you'd end up having to pay commissions that if you if they didn't have that. Now, they're talking about banning the payment for the order flow, not the actual middleman, but the fact that that middleman can pay Robinhood to use them for their executions. And also pay them for the data. Yeah. And so they're not solving the problem of bad fills or solving solving any of that problem. Basically, their problem is that Robinhood is making money off of this. That's pretty much it. And they, the, what they're going to remove from the equation is Robinhood being able to make money off of this. And then that's it. And the only way they'll be able to make money is if they're able to charge people commissions. So like I said, when I started this, the scariest words in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Because the way that they're going to help is the way that they always help everyone, which is by making it harder for you to enter into the thing that you're bitching about. Yeah. That's what it is. It, whatever it is that you're complaining about, we're just going to take you out of that market that way we don't have to deal with your complaints anymore. Well, and it's coming from from people who are direct access brokers, right? Because mm-hmm. they have to trade in pennies. They can't do fraction pennies. So right here at the end that it says because now now like Citadel Security Securities, they execute roughly 47% of all US listed retail volume. Okay? So now you have all these retail traders coming in and whatever, they're not they're not trading in pennies. So it says that migration to off-exchange markets has been driven in part by market makers' ability to offer fractional sub-penny price improvement on bids and offers, whereas exchanges have to trade in pennies. 
creating an unleveled playing field, he mm-hmm. said. Now, just remember, you're going to get a price that is fractions of a penny worse on Robinhood, but going directly through the markets, you're going to get whole pennies worse. Now, listen and listen to this next quote here, by which I like interactive brokers, mm-hmm. but interactive brokers is a direct access broker. Okay. You have to pay commissions on your trades. And all that, he says, quote, the current market structure has created a limited set of middlemen through whom a significant amount of volume flows. Now, what does that mean? Interactive brokers is losing money comparatively, where if people were trading with them and making commissions because they have to trade on the penny, they can't do this little fraction of a penny, you know, a markup or decrease. Um, And so now they're losing business to these other people. That's not fair. Everybody should have to trade on pennies and pay commissions. Yeah. You can't do this. You can't figure out another way to get more people into the market. People should be ecstatic that people are entering the market. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, it just made a new high today. They like they should be ecstatic. People that are trading on Robinhood should be ecstatic that they have the choice to use a broker who does this payment for order flow thing. And if they don't like that, guess what? There's a lot of other brokers that don't have the payment for order flow thing. Mm-hmm. So don't use Robinhood. You use Robinhood, you're going to get a little bit slower fills because you're going through a third party, and it's no commissions. More than likely, it's going to be better for you if you're trading with a small amount of money that way. But if they start adding commissions on there, that cuts the percentage gains out of out of your wins. And if you're trading with a small amount of money, it's really going to cut down on what your gains are. And I just... I don't like this idea that they need to come in and try to help people not lose money mm-hmm. in the market. Like I said, the problem here was not that Robinhood cut off trading when uh, when GameStop was up at $500 a share for a little bit. You know, they cut it off for a day. You couldn't get on there. All right, that was not the problem. The problem was that you bought GameStop when it was $500 a share or when it was $300 a share and you were gambling is what you were doing. You know? Kind of. That's not I- the... I, I don't disagree with that because obviously we teach a trading class where, you know, you, you shouldn't trade with money that you can't lose because it is a risk. The market is risky. Trading is risky. I agree with that. But at the same time, <laughs> when it's obvious what happens when you shut off the buy side and keep the sell side open. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's supply and demand. If you can't buy anything and you can only sell it. So there's only sellers in that one specific security. The price is obviously going to come down. Yeah. It has no other way, nowhere else to go because the market now is being flooded with all these shares that are available. Yeah. You know, you got too many of them. I get that part. My only defense of Robin, this is coming from two guys who decided to make an F Robin Hood shirt after the whole thing came down. So I'm just going to play well, devil's we advocate just, here. We were just trying to make money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's all it and was. We did. And yeah, and we did. So that, so overall it was a good idea. Um, the other issue in front of Robinhood is that they offer these fractional shares. And for them to be able to do that, uh, there has to be someone holding those shares for them to offer fractional pieces of it. And Lacey was asking me about this and she's like, well, how do they sell a piece of a share if they don't own the share? And I was like, someone's already had, someone already has to own the shares like that. That's the way that they do it. And the, the guy from Robinhood, I can't remember his name now, the goofy dude with the hair and the baseball cap uh, was a... Uh, the CEO. Yeah, the CEO. I mean, um, he was out there talking about that, that the fractional, the fractional share system, because you got to remember, a lot of people who were getting in the GameStop, they were, they, they were not exactly buying whole shares of GameStop. There were a lot of people buying fractional shares. 
of GameStop. And to be able to offer that, someone's got to be holding that for people to buy the pieces of the shares when they do it. And so that's kind of a trade-off that you're doing when you don't have, when you're having to go through somewhere and not, I, I agree. It was, it was, it was kind of shady the way it was shut off on the buy side. And there was only one thing that was going to happen. If you can't buy the stock, you can only sell it. It's going to go down. Yeah. That's, that's what's going to happen. Unfortunately, there were no shares to short. Yeah. Because that would, that would have been an easy trade. But when you get in, if you're buying something that is up that much, you also have to realize that it could halt down and it could drop 50, 60, 70%. And you have to realize that it didn't have to be Robin Hood who did it. The thing could have turned and halted down and gone and gone down that much. So when you're buying something that's up that much. <sighs> I told you, man. <sighs> these gnats. Yeah, like the ones that hang around dog peters. When you buy when you're buying something that's up that much, <laughs> then then in my opinion, you're accepting a lot of risk for all types of things that are that could potentially go wrong. But anyway, my main point here was we need to pay attention to this, even if you're not in the trading, because when if they ban the payment for order flow, which is eighty percent of Robinhood's income. If they if they ban that and their stock is down like fifteen percent in the last few days and say since they mentioned this, I want to see what happens. I want to see if Robin. I want to see if things get better for the new person who wants to come in and start trading, because my guess is it's actually going to get a lot harder for people who have a lower amount of money that want to yeah. come in and start trading. So when the government decides to fix the situation, are they actually doing things? Well, when that the government are help? when the government decides to protect you, it's never to protect you. No. That's not no. the motivation. That's not the incentive here. They're and, trying and to and protect interactive brokers. Exactly. Is what they're trying to do. All right, All right, man. If y'all enjoyed today's episode, which I know you did, then please like the show, share the show, subscribe if you haven't already. Um smash that subscribe button and then send it to a couple friends uh, or enemies. Send it to some people who need to hear the truth because that's what we talk about here on this show is the truth. Send it to the children, please, and thank you. Leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Check out. Um, well, actually, we're moving to Locals. but Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that would be goodmorningliberty.locals.com. Is that correct? That goodmorningliberty.locals.com. Check that out. Uh, you can sign up for the whole year if you would like, which is a, it's a good you get, offer. You get two free months if you, you sign up for the annual. Two whole free months. Yeah. Which is like, it's like putting money in your pocket. It's, so when you spending money, is, this is still free months right there. Yeah, There's no money being free, exchanged. Exactly. Yeah. So do that. Leave us that rating review. If you guys do all of that, we'll be back again tomorrow. Hope you have a good day and a good morning. Liberty. <laughs>